The Holy Gospel this 10th Sunday after Pentecost is from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, six months wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrews, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up. And from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this indeed, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As Pastor Katie mentioned in the announcements today, today is the first of five Sundays with Gospel readings from John, Chapter 6, the first four of which focus on Jesus as the bread of life. As Pastor Katie explained, we will carry out this theme of bread with sandboxes, placed in the sanctuary that over the five weeks will become a field of blessings. In Jesus' time, bread was truly the staple of life. And it makes up an important part of many of our diets today. One of the joys I have of spending time at Holden Village is that they make loaves of whole wheat bread every day. And the smell of fresh baked bread spreads over the village. I love it and consume more than I should, lathered with homemade jam. Bread, often called the staff of life. Today's gospel lesson is a familiar one, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus has gone to the other side, to the non-Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee, which as you remember is about the size of Lake Washington. He was followed by a large crowd who were intrigued by the signs he was doing for the sick. Remember that the author of John uses the word signs for miracles. Jesus has gone up the mountain and sat down with his disciples. Now I want you to imagine that in that large crowd was a young family, Levi and Sarah and their two children, Samuel and Deborah. They were an average family who like most lived in a one room dwelling with living quarters separated from and raised above the animal stalls. Extended families often lived together. One to two percent of the population had 50 percent of the wealth. 
there was a small middle class, but 70% lived in poverty and were struggling farmers, fishermen, and day laborers. Slavery was common. Either they were born into slavery, prisoners of war, or they had sold themselves into slavery to pay off a debt. Taxes, hear this, was 50% of your income. Bread made of barley was bitter, more bitter and coarser than the wheat bread, and made up a major part of the diet of the poor that was supplemented by olives, cheese, and occasionally fruit and vegetables. Three small loaves were looked on as a meal for one person. Our family in this story was one of the 70%, unsure of where their next meal was coming from as the soldiers and tax collector had grabbed most of the land. Money had to be earned each day for that day's food. Levi and Sarah's children, however, Samuel and Deborah, were very excited to be in the crowd in our story, especially since they were up near the front of the crowd and close to Jesus. They could really see him. Yes, they would be fed a bit of bread and perhaps a scrap of fish, which would be a real treat, but there would be more. They were of the same age as the 166 children with 88 volunteers who attended vacation Bible school here at Holy Spirit two weeks ago. Our VBS children were also fed snacks of cheese, fruit, cucumber, a bit of turkey, meat, and more. I'll tell you that the kitchen was a very busy place feeding those children. But more importantly, like Samuel and Deborah and their parents, our VBS children were also fed spiritual food. The theme of this year's VBS was the Big Blue Marble. For a week, our children learned about creation and how important it is to be good stewards of creation, our earth, our world. They sang, they danced, they made crafts, they heard stories, they did science experiments and learned from puppets Lucy and Porky. The energy in this building was amazing. They learned about sharing in community, relationships, helping each other, and the sheer joy of just being together there in fellowship. So for them, the theme of the song, the theme song for the week was Big Things, Small Things. And it was a praise song for creation with big things, small things, short things, tall things, which things, all things, praise the Lord. Another song's lyric sang of God's fingerprints are everywhere just to show God cares. The whole week focus was on God's love and care for each of us and our earth and how we as stewards are to care for that earth and for each other. How many of you have had a VBS experience when you were their age? I remember mine. It was held at Maple Lawn Elementary School. Don't ask me why I remember that. But I do remember that we too sang, memorized Bible verses, and learned about God, helping to shape who I am today. This is one, but, but of one example. Perhaps you can think of other ways, experiences that impacted your life and fed you in such a way that it strengthened you spiritually. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle or, sound find, or sign found in all four Gospels. Our tendency is to try to explain it by rationalizing it. For example, one theory is that all these other people in the crowd also had food and were shamed into sharing it. You've probably heard that one. And this is one of the most popular. We then tend to miss the point with our focus on the science. After all, five loaves, 
two fish plus 5,000 people does not add up, no matter how you slice it. What happens after they have eaten their fill of bread and fish and are satisfied? How were the lives of Levi, Sarah, and their children changed? What was the impact on their souls, their spirit? What did the disciples learn that they found satisfying? I suggest that this experience was about more than bread and fish. It is a question we might ask ourselves when we are fed weekly with a small wafer dipped into a chalice of wine. When all are welcome, all are fed. The risen and living Christ comes to us in word and sacrament, and he seeks to find hearts in which to dwell. Because where he is, there is love. All get the same amount. We are then sent out into the world in the benediction and the sending hymn, encouraged to let our talents and tongues employ. To go in peace, the Spirit sends us forth to serve. A takeaway for our VBS children was be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Care for creation. What is your takeaway when you leave this building after sharing the communion meal? The Eucharist, which means to give thanks, is an invitation to socially experience the shared presence of God and to be present in an embodied way. In our society, just as in Jesus' times, it all comes down to relationships. Communion, which means community. The Eucharistic meal was from the very beginning a gathering of women and men, which shows how Christianity understood equality. It is why each Sunday, all are welcome to God's table. Because you see, Jesus didn't want his community to have a social ethic. He wanted it to be a social ethic. Their very way of eating and organizing themselves was to be an affront to the system of dominance and power in which they lived. In all cultures, sharing food is a complex interaction that symbolizes social relationships and defines social boundaries almost more than any other daily event. Think about it. Whom you eat with defines, in a way, who you don't eat with. Nowhere do we find this more apt than in the school cafeteria of my youth, and I suggest probably hasn't changed much today, when the popular kids never thought about inviting the kid sitting by himself to join them. Or perhaps even the person sitting alone at a table at Quininia suppers. Followers of Christ were to live in a new symbolic universe, symbolized by what we now call open table fellowship. All are welcome, all are included. So the question is, how are we fed? How are we sent? How are our lives changed? How do we grow from being consuming disciples to contributing apostles? Now I'm using these terms purposefully because as you know, disciples literally means learners, those taking in, like Philip and Andrew in our gospel this morning. Apostles literally means those sent out. Jesus weekly enters our lives through our mouths and through our ears. However, at some point, we also need to see ourselves as active parts of the body, doing minister, ministry in Christ's name as we are able. It is seeing church not only a place to get something, but also as a vehicle where one's gifts and abilities can be used for others. In the sacrament, we receive the body of Christ so that we can be the body of Christ sent out to minister in the world depending on our abilities. 
and thinking of our role here in this place as experiencing a call from God to consider how are you being called? Obviously, this, di this differs depending on your age, your health, and your interest, and frankly, it changes over time. Sometimes, it is like it is asking the help of others, something many of us find difficult to do, giving them an opportunity to serve, recognizing that I can't do it and I need help doesn't mean that God and divine miracles are the only source of that help. God has provided, thankfully, other people with gifts that we might need from time to time. I learned that lesson when I had rotator cuff surgery at the end of January. The folks from this congregation and others who prayed for me came daily to fill my ice machine, provide meals, do the dishes, mow the lawn, take the three garbage cans to the curb and back, and just to keep me company, not to mention the three visits of the Garden Fellowship, made my recovery so much easier. Consider the young boy in our gospel reading today, because we sometimes worry that what we have to offer is not enough. A little boy who doesn't know any better offers what he has, and it is more than enough. The disciple Philip rationalized that feeding the crowd was an impossible task. We don't have enough money. He said, the boy said, here's some food, feed them. Jesus in his ministry always knows what to do with what, who has been left behind, lost or overlooked. Jesus knows the possibilities, values that lie within what has been broken, discarded. This is why he told his disciples, go gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. That too, you see, is part of the miracle. Jesus sees the abundance that persists, the feast that remains with the fragments. Gather them up is a sign of the wholeness he can already see. There is part of a poem that says it well. Look into the hollow of your hands and ask what wants to be gathered there. What abundance waits among the scraps that come to you? What feast will offer itself from the fragments that remain? A sign of the wholeness Jesus can already see a foretaste of the banquet to come. All around us are those with knowledge of human need, but with few resources. There are limited incomes, and there are so many people, the homeless, immigrants, we can go on, who seem to need our help. In the face of it, it seems that the resources are like a drop in the bucket. Yet as this gospel passage vividly portrays in the hands of Jesus, little can become much, the few can become many, the weak can, can become strong. It is for us, finding opportunities to serve, as helpers building a tiny house for a homeless person, signing up for a committee at Rally Sunday, bringing food to community supper, sitting with a person recovering from surgery or grieving, thus contributing reflect, resources that reflect how you, we are being fed. As you sing in our offertory, give us sharing hands, Give us grateful hearts, hearts that belong to you. Amen. <laughs>